Coming up on the official Celtic FC podcast, we're joined by two-time Super Bowl winner and Celtic fan Lawrence Tynes in this special NFL preview podcast. Yes, everybody, hello and welcome along to the official Celtic FC podcast and we have got such an exciting show and guest today because... This Sunday, Celtic are playing in the Scottish Cup against St Mirren, but later on in the evening of Sunday, there's another massive occasion taking place in the sporting world because the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas in America, and we've got the perfect person to join us to help talk all things Celtic and to also look ahead to this big occasion because we have a two-time Super Bowl winner, a man who has played for the Kansas City Chiefs who are about to take on San Francisco 49ers, a man that lives in Kansas City, but his allegiances lie elsewhere because he won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants back in the season of 2007 and 2011 but he's not just a former NFL star he's also born in Greenock he flies a flag for Scotland and he has got a passion for all things green and white at the hoops of Celtic it is none other than Lawrence Tynes Lawrence thank you so much for joining us well that's a wonderful intro Ryan I appreciate it uh <laughs> I, I was pretty pretty psyched when you sent me a text on Instagram or whatever it was and I was like Holy cow, is this the real Celtic FC? Is this the real one? You know, anymore, everyone has a podcast and they can put Celtic or whatever next to their name and have a blue check mark. So um, you guys have always done a good job keeping in touch with me, um, sending me stuff, obviously, throughout my NFL career and uh, keeping tabs on me. I think you guys, I think Celtic FC does follow me on Twitter and Instagram. So that's a big deal. Um, yeah. But thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I, I wish I could keep up closer with Celtic obviously the time change stinks um but massive fan since birth I remember probably having my first kit when I was six months old probably amazing no it's uh it's brilliant to have you on and there are not many clubs in Scotland and the UK elsewhere in Europe that can say they've got a super fan that has got two Super Bowl rings so it's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, you know, now you see like Tom Brady and J.J. Watt, they're buying parts of teams. Um, quarterbacks and defensive linemen and defensive ends make way more money than kickers, so they have more money to spend than I do. But um, I have been a fan literally since I was born. Like, that's my family still to this day. When you're born, you're a Celtic fan, so you have no choice. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned there um, you are a kicker. You have played such a massive part in getting teams to Super Bowls, to winning Super Bowls, and we're going to have a chance to build up to that big match on a big game on Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm really excited for it because I am a big uh, American football fan. We're going to have to call it American football. Sorry, Lawrence, because we yeah, are yeah, no, 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 on these shores totally here now. Fine. We're on these shores here now, so we're going to have to call it American football. But where I want to start is on that connection with Celtic and Scotland with yourself, Lawrence, just so that people can get to know a little bit more about yourself before we get into that chat. So why don't you take us to the start, Lawrence, of your life? Uh, born in Greenock, lived in Scotland for the first 10 years of your life. Tell us a little bit more about your upbringing. Yeah, so um, I was born in Greenock uh, at the Rankin Hospital. I don't even know if it still exists, but me and my two brothers were all born there. Uh, and my dad was in the Navy 
my dad was American. My mom was Scottish. She was born in Port Glasgow. So they met, we moved to Campbelltown on the Mullican Tire, beautiful town, um, small town. Uh, you know, it's a distillery now, like Springbank. And uh, I think those were all shut down when I lived there. But uh, we grew up in Campbelltown. My dad was with uh, SEAL Team 2. Uh, I don't know if many people would know this, but the elite Navy SEAL teams, there was a SEAL team stationed in Scotland uh, in Campbelltown at the RAF base. So I, that's not like top secret or anything, but they were stationed in Campbelltown. So I went to St. Kieran's Primary School. Uh, uh, a wee little Catholic school. It doesn't even exist now. It's a bed and breakfast. I, I, I always look on Google Maps to go back and kind of go down memory lane. My house is still there. Um, the lock is still there. Obviously, people who have been to Campbelltown know what that's all about. Um, and then, you know, it, when I was 10 or 11, almost 11, my dad gets stationed in Florida. And so we moved to Pensacola, Milton area, uh, Panhandle, Florida. So if you're familiar with Florida, it's in the top part of Florida, not the long part. So um, it was a shocking change, right? Weather in Scotland versus Florida. We were literally right on the beach, like a couple of miles from the beaches and um, really just started obviously playing soccer. I was I was a little bit distraught because when I left, I had just been really starting to get noticed playing soccer because in Campbelltown, we're so far away from everything. Um, people didn't really, you know, know about good soccer players down there. And so um are good football players. We're on a Scottish podcast. I can, yeah. I can say football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can. Um, so I was a really talented player at a young age. I worked hard. All three of us were, me and my two older brothers, because we're, we're 45, 46, 47 right now. So we're all a year apart. So I, I went to Glasgow. We played in some tournaments in Glasgow, indoor tournaments. And I used to carve up like Celtic boys and Rangers boys. I really did. Like I was just this guy from Campbelltown, but I was always better than those teams when we played them. And it was funny because the only team that would talk to us like right before we were moving was Rangers boys. And my mom's like, there's no way we're playing for them. <laughs> you know, Like she was just like absolutely totally against it. And we were moving anyway, but I just knew I was good enough. If that makes any sense. I just, if Rangers boys wanted me, then Celtic boys would have eventually wanted me at some point. And then I, I, my dream and my hope is I would have put on the hoops and, and played 15 years for Celtic, but, you know, God had other plans. So moving to Florida really put a wrench in that uh, because, you know, they, they didn't really care about coming over to scout some 12 year old Scottish kid that lives in Florida. Um, and soccer was not that big a deal in America at that time, even though it's gotten bigger. So that's kind of the chronological order of, you know, born in Scotland, raised in Scotland, then moved to America. Uh, it was you know, the, the Americans used to call me and my brothers the Lucky Charms kids. And I'm like, that's Irish. We're Scottish. So we're not the Lucky Charms kids. Um, but man, I love Scotland. Like you see, I fly the flag always. I got a flag in my garage. Um, I have flags on my bios, Twitter and Instagram. I mean, I am Scottish. I was born there. I, I may not have an accent, but um, if I had to pick, if gun to my head, end of the world, and they said, look, you got to pick where you want to who you want to be i i would be scottish <laughs> but we... even though i've lived here more than my life most of my life <laughs> and you mentioned your your mum there who is scottish herself and from what i've read a very big celtic fan and you mentioned it there again is she the reason then that you really got into supporting celtic oh there's no well just my family in general um all my aunts my uncles my cousins i mean we have a massive family 
in, in the Greenwich Port Glasgow area. Like it's a big, big family. Um, so everyone is Celtic. It, it's Celtic tattoos. It's Celtic. It, you know, some of my cousins still have season tickets. Um, so they go to all the games. Uh, yeah, it's just a way of life. I remember still to this day, like, you know, a big game on Saturday, getting together with all my mates from like St. Kieran's and like, like being actually nervous at 10 years old, like whoever we were playing. Um, that's, that's how passionately I was about the team. Um, and hopefully I can get back there, but as you know, like being living here, not being there, um, it's just really hard to stay on top of, I just look at the tables, you know, I, I go online and kind of go through the table, see who's doing well, see who's not. And, um, I'm going to get back there one day. I'm going to do the coin toss. So Celtic, give me the coin toss. Yeah. You know, flash up a, a little highlight of my kicks. I, before I get too old, people are going to be like, who the hell is this guy? So I've only been done 10 years now. I want to take the boys. I want to take my wife to Parkhead. Like the, we have to go to paradise. Have to. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that will definitely happen. But take us back then to like your first experiences of supporting Celtic and those early days and coming to Celtic Park as well. Yeah. So my first game was against Hearts. Um, I was standing. Uh, it's hard to remember, but it was where it was just standing room only, and they had like that thing, that little, like there was no seats. It was yeah. in the behind the goal, behind Patty Bonner, and then. Um, I just remember everything about that day. Like uh, we drove up from Campbelltown, which sucks, by the way. It's a like a three-hour drive, and it's windy roads, and you get car sick. But I just remember being so excited to get to go. And um, so we walk in. Obviously, we've got our scarves. We're doing all the chants. Um, there's nothing like it. it. It it's hard to explain. Uh, but we obviously we won. I, I forget who scored. I think I I can't even remember. Andy Walker, maybe somebody. Um, I'm bringing back some old names. So Paul McStay <laughs> is my favorite player of all time. But um, I grew up in that Patty Bonner, Roy Aiken, Andy Walker, kind of 86 to 90s really when I remember most about Celtic. But th my first memory is is that, just always wearing my kit. Like, I don't even know if we ever washed it, uh, <laughs> it which is kind of nasty. But um, I love them. I, and I do. And I'm glad it, it gave me something as a young age to love. Like, you know, everyone always has to have something they love and are passionate about. And for me, it was Celtic. Yeah. And I think that's what inspired me to be a professional football player, American footballer, because I wanted so badly to play for Celtic uh, that when I got to America, I still had that passion. But I said, well, what can I do? I know Celtic's probably out of the picture. And so I put all my energy into you know, playing American football. Yeah. And as you mentioned, like growing up in Campbelltown, you mentioned the travel it would take to get to Celtic Park. It is not the easiest thing in the world. So when you couldn't get to games, how would you support the club? Oh, just on the, you know, one of my friends, Ryan, his uh, his family owned a, a, it may still be there, a little restaurant, like, like a nightclub. I don't know what the heck you call it, but it was like food and drinks. It was called Babette's in Campbelltown. And we used to go there, his family had like a this big screen tv or something in the restaurant so we used to always go over there and watch it and then you know it's funny because we had the almost like the protestant school was across the street from saint kieran so like there was this massive rivalry like when it snowed and stuff where you'd throw snowballs at each other and all in good fun but those were all the rangers fans and then we were all the celtic fans so um i miss that i, I miss like growing up like that and um 
the passion that everyone had for a team. Like sometimes it gets overboard. We all know that, right? There's sometimes there's too much passion. I think there's a fine line between, you know, loving your team and going over the top if someone says something about them. But just that we, you know, anywhere we could watch, we typically sometimes watch at my house. Uh, and and back then, Ryan, you only had like four channels, BBC one, two, three, or four. So it was on, it was on one of those channels. Um, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, you, you leave Scotland, you go to Florida and then as a young child back then without, you know, the, the wonders of the internet that we have today and streaming, then it would have been more difficult to follow the club. But obviously the club made such a connection to you in those early years that you still keep up to date now and you still have such an affinity as well. So how much of a grasp did the club have on you in those early years of your life for it to carry on? A, a lot. Um, I just, you know, it was interesting. So I'll tell you what was really helps kids. And I don't know if they remember the Panini sticker books. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, okay. I don't know. They probably still have them. And, yeah. and I lived and died by that. Like whether I was like, you know, going into the store and getting the 10 P whatever uh, stickers. And then I couldn't wait to open them. I couldn't wait to like fill out my team. And then what I loved is, you know, going to school and trading. Like if I had, you know, like a John Barnes from Liverpool, I'd trade for like a Roy Aiken or something. Like you had to, that, that's when the first early form of trading started for me at like eight, nine, I remember it. And cause you would always be like one or two players short. Right. And you just couldn't wait to open up those packs um, and fill out your teams. And it was all teams. I thought it was great for young kids. Just like, well, now they have the video games. Right. So that's, that's where these kids learn player names and stuff. And for us, it was the Panini sticker books all the way from the English Premier League through the Scottish Premier League. Man, I just loved it so much. Like I just couldn't wait to like do something, ask for money, beg for money from my parents. Like I had to get, you know, a new pack of uh, uh, stickers. So um, there's so many great memories. I mean, I could talk all day, but yeah, I mean, I, I, on the, I've got so, a cool Pat Bonner story too. So um, whenever we get to those, I think people would love to hear them. Yeah, well, fill us in then and Pat Bonner because he's still always cheated at the games. He covers games a lot. And oh, does he's he? Still, oh, yeah, he's Celtic legend. So what's oh, your, he's, yeah, what's your he's story amazing. with He's amazing. So we're, like I told you, we 1990, I think it is, we're moving to Florida. Of course, we come to Greenock, Port Glasgow area, spend time with family for, you know, three or four days before we head back to the U.S. for a long time. Like, we don't know when we're going to see anyone again unless they come over and we're in the airport, me and my two brothers and my dad and mom. And I, you know, we're just walking around. I'm 10 or 11 years old. And me and my brothers are bopping around. I'm like, there's Pat Bonner. He's a, what is he doing in the airport? I know I can't cuss. So sorry. You can just have to bleep that out. <laughs> Maybe I can though. It's a Celtic FC. So um, I get that from my mom. Um, so I go over there and we're like, Patty Bonner, Pat. We're just like, actually we were a little bit respectful. I find him on the plane. Not a lot of people are bothering him, um, but he's flying to Boston. So we're flying to Boston. He's on our plane. Patty Bonner, the great one, is on our plane with these rabid fans, me and my, me and my two brothers, uh, to to Boston. And then I don't know he was if he was visiting family. He'll remember this maybe. And then obviously we were going to fly into Boston and then connect uh, from there to Florida. But um, he was nice enough to sign some stuff for us. We didn't bother him too much. My dad was like, hey, leave him alone, you little psychopath. 
So uh, it was fun. It was a good, good time. And then. Amazing. And for people that are watching, they'll see that you are in a Celtic top at the moment as well. And you were mentioning before we started filming this, that there was a certain Mr. Neil Lennon that sent it over to you. Yeah, that's pretty special. Um, like I said, Celtic has been nothing but great to me um, and following me and my fandom of Celtic FC. And I just am a huge fan. And and so uh, they have sent me things, um, talked about me openly. Neil Lennon sent me this top. It's got my name on the back, my number on the back. Uh, I've got a Scottish national team jersey with my name and, and number on the back. Um, Scotland has supported me through it all. And so... The least I can do is always rep. So I always rep Celtic in Scotland. I don't care who we're playing Scotland. Doesn't matter. I'm repping. Um, and that's actually one of my favorite times is when I love for me, when all the players from all the different teams can come together and play for one team. I, I don't know, you know, because there's such rivalries, right? Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, all these, these, these games. And I just, there's something about the unification of the Scottish national team of the players that really, really, I like. I, I really think it's a special time. No matter who we're playing, I just think the ability to come together for your country is is pretty special. Because there are so many rivalries, obviously, right throughout the Premier League and European, you know, the Euros and things like that. Yeah, and Scotland are going to be in the Euros this summer in Germany, so you need to make sure you you watch along to that as well. But hopefully, Lawrence, we we can get you back over for a, a game at some time because that would be that'd be amazing. I would love to come yeah. to a game. Listen. I would, I, I would, and it would be easy. You know, I want to take the boys. The boys have not been to Campbelltown yet. So uh, they're juniors, they're 16 year old twins. Uh, none of them play football. Sadly, I coached them until 14 and then they got to high school and think they're football, American football and baseball players. So, um, but I'll tell you this, our football team at the boys high school, you, people out there will love this. It's a, they go to an all boys Catholic school, number one team. They won the national championship in America. Number one high school boys high school team in America. Yes, Rockers Amazing. High School. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? Of this whole big country, <laughs> our, my my boys high school won the national championship. We should get them in some Celtic shirts because Celtic are always number one. So that, that has That's to right. <laughs> they are. And who doesn't want a hoops? Exactly, I know. Well, Lawrence... I think it's about time now we also start to look ahead to this game on Sunday as well. Um, if people are listening and big fans of the NFL, they'll probably know who you are already and they'll know about this game that's taking place on Sunday and it must bring back so many memories for you when, this, when the Super Bowl comes around. But to set the scene, it is the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's Kansas City are going for back-to-back -back Super Bowls for the first time since the Patriots early 2000s. It's a repeat of um, Super Bowl in 2020, I believe it was, uh, when they face each other. So how much excitement is there? You live in Kansas City. How much excitement is there right now? Well, you know, it's um, it's crazy. Uh, Kansas City has been a spoiled city, if you will, throughout. I mean, we're Giants fans, so um, we don't get to like be as excited as... Um, everyone else is like our neighbors and people I work with, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kelsey, they play golf at my club. I play at an all men's club. So I see Patrick and Travis all the time. Uh, I'm happy for the coaches too. There's a lot of coaches on the chief staff that were with us in New York, like Steve Spagnuolo, the D coordinator, Dave Merritt, the secondary coach. Um, 
They're a good team, man. They're they're hard not to like, but again, they're starting to kind of become this villain now for some reason uh, with the Taylor Swift stuff and Travis Kelsey. But um, Patrick Mahomes is really, I mean, for those of you that, that don't follow it as closely, um, he's Messi. He's Ronaldo. He's that he's in that breath of that's how good he is at the quarterback position. He just, uh, he finds ways to win. Um, and he's only 26, 27 years old. It's pretty scary. He's going to be around a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Because in a, in American football, like in football here, you can have guys that come in at like 16, 17, but in American football, 26, 27 is pretty young. And he's going to be going up against another quarterback who's also very young in Brock per day as well. And the, the 49ers has had an absolutely sensational year. So, it's two really good quarterbacks, two young quarterbacks going ahead against each other, which could be how it goes for the next sort of 10 years in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy is, is uh, you know, it's unexpected what he's doing because he wasn't a first-round pick, and Kelsey was a first-round pick. Excuse me. And then uh, Purdy was the last pick of the draft. Um, you usually don't see the last pick of drafts make it. The thing that blows me away most is that um, – you know, like I said, I went to the 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 Giants Packers game in 2022 in London, and obviously we were trying to get to Celtic Park, but it didn't work out. Um, I'm blown away by how much, how many fans there are of American football in the UK. It is, uh, and it would be interesting. I'd love to do a poll, like who is the who is their favorite team? I, I feel like Scotland should like the Giants because you know I played there, and then OC Umanyora, <laughs> who obviously who's on our team. We had two Brits. You know, me and OC played in college together. Okay, we, our, okay. we spent our whole careers together, pretty much. We played in college together when he was 16, and then we played in the pros together. So pretty funny for a Scottish guy and an English guy to be together so long. Yeah. The only issue, though, we've got with, with the Giants being Celtic is that the Giants are red, white, and blue. So that is a yes. little bit... Do you, do you know that's funny? It, it is. I, I thought that, too, because like I, if... if if you didn't know any better, you'd just be an Eagles fan because they're green. Um, and that's they're pretty, you know, the Eagles are good too. But um, it's funny you say that. I still carry that bias. And I don't know <laughs> if it's learned from when you're like a young age, but like it's always got to be green and white. And like when I was playing for this red, white, and blue team, it was like because uh, the Jets are green and white. Yeah, of course. I know. And they're in New York, but the Jets are so like they they are just <laughs> They'll never be good. Well, yeah, if you played for the Jets, you wouldn't have won two Super Bowls. So we'll let you off for playing in red, white, and blue. It's fine. Yeah, it's, they're yeah. not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think then for for this game on Sunday in the Super Bowl? Because, as I said, it's a rematch um, of the Super Bowl from a, from a few years ago. The Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have just been sensational in that time together. But if there's a team that you can imagine that can get it over the line in the Super Bowl against them. In my opinion, it looks like it'd be the 49ers. So how do you see it going? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I still think the Chiefs will win. Um, there's, you know, Patrick Mahomes, um, this is his fourth Super Bowl, I believe. Uh, so there's something to be said about having played in one of these before. They are completely different. They're very nerve-wracking. Um, I remember playing in my first one and then playing in my second one. In the second one, I was it was night and day, like how I felt, like emotionally and physically. And like you just have been there, done that. For Brock Purdy, you know, there's 
he's going to say all the right things this week. And, and I appreciate that, but this is, this is different. It, it's, it's hard to explain unless you've played in one, the week of the game, you just start to feel this build up and build up and build up. And, um, you know, you get out there on Sunday and you're just kind of like floating. It's, it's the weirdest feeling in the world. Like, um, that's why I said, I think the advantage goes to, you know, the team that's been there a lot, like Andy Reed, that whole staff, a lot of those players have been there. Travis Kelsey, you know, the chiefs have been there. The, the Niners, yes, they played four or five years ago, but that this Niners team is completely different. I think in terms of personnel. Um, and I think Brock Purdy will be nervous and I think he'll make some mistakes. Um, He's still a good player, but I think, you know, he'll make some mistakes and the Chiefs will capitalize. They're a very, very savvy veteran team, the Chiefs, um, and they just know how to win. At this point in the season, it's really about do you know how to win a game? And the Chiefs can do that whether they run the ball or throw the ball, right? They've got Pacheco. They've got – they're not great throwing it unless it's to Kelsey, but overall, I just – you know, if I was a betting man, I would put money on the Chiefs. I, I just – the pedigree, the championship pedigree they have, much like our hoops, right? Of we course, win. yeah. That's what we do. I'm so interested, Lawrence. You spoke about what it's like to play uh, in a Super Bowl and obviously to win it as well on your occasion twice. But of course, over here, you know, you maybe compare it to like the Champions League final, something you have every year. However, what's so different about the Super Bowl is that I feel like the whole nation stops and you have the whole commercialization, which is different, I feel like, in America to what we have over here in Europe as well. There's such a build-up to it. So what is it like in the week of a Super Bowl, or even the two weeks before, you know, after you've won the championship game and then leading up to that? It's, it's really exciting. Um, you know, the week, you get two weeks, right? So the first week is really where you do all your work. Um, so if Celtic was, if you put it into a football perspective, you do all your work here. So like last week, the chiefs did all of their work here. Like they really dialed in the game plan. They, they got their work and they really work hard the week of the super bowl, because there's so many events in terms of like media, you're still going to go through your normal week of practice, but there's a lot of distractions and things going on. It's why coaches like to put in the game plan. Both teams put in the game plan last week. So, you know, going over their plays, well, how do they think they're going to beat this team, blah, blah, blah. This week, you still practice. You still go through your normal hours of preparation, but there's so much, you know, demand on your time and media and, and things like that. I remember um, not watching TV the whole week of the Super Bowl. I didn't, I didn't turn my TV on in my hotel room because I'm telling you, it, it, like you said, it's 300, 400 million people are going to watch this game and you, you feel that. But I just don't need to keep hearing it every day and watching all the ESPN shows and Fox shows and hyping up the game so much. Um, so I really just tried to lay low, um, go throughout my week, hang out with my family a little bit. Because the families all stay at you know, the same resort or wherever you're staying. The teams put your whole family up. And so it's good that your family's there and you just get some normalcy. But make no mistake about it. You go out there for pregame, it is uh, – it's just different. It's a, it's cool. It's humbling because you see this thing on TV, but um, to play in one, it's, jeez, it's, 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 it's a little nervy. The first one. For yeah. sure. 
And your position for so for people that they maybe don't uh, know too much about American football, your position is the kicker. That's what that's what your job was. And to many people, they look at it and go, "Oh, all you have to do is just kick it over, and that's that's fine." But probably it is the most pressurized position on the field and in the lead up to both of the Super Bowls that you ended up going to win in the championship game, you had the match winning kick on two occasions in overtime. So talk us through what that pressure is like knowing that you have that opportunity to take your team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I almost think it's a little bit more, you know, Adam Vinatieri has kicked one in the Super Bowl. Uh, Butker did last year, I guess, technically, but it wasn't at the very end. It was a short, short kick, but Kicking a field goal to put your team in the Super Bowl is pretty wild. And to think that I was fortunate enough to be on a team that's done it twice. Like, I was just on good teams. Like, yes, I made those kicks. But the reality of it is I just played with a bunch of good guys and good coaches and was fortunate enough to be there and be put in that position. But um, I think that it, it is nerve-wracking. But, again, when you're a kicker in the NFL – you know, you there's really no you either make it or you miss it and everyone sees it. You know, people don't see running backs and linemen really mess up because they get to play 70 plays a game. I only sometimes get four or five. And if I mess up one of those, everyone in the world's going to know I messed up. So um, but it is part of the job. Like I, I always believed in my mental toughness, obviously, with my dad being in the military, uh, my growing up as the youngest of three boys like I had. I have mental toughness. I was always pretty mentally tough when things weren't going well. I would just figure out a way to make them go well. And that was just kind of my resiliency. That's why I have no doubt in my, I have no doubt I would have played for Celtic if I still stayed in Scotland. I would have been a star. That's just my mentality. I said I would have played for them for a long time. Instead, I went to American and we played American football. So I think just mental toughness, you, you know, it's like the, like taking a PK and, and, uh, you know, in overtime or something like that in soccer, it's it's similar stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because as you mentioned, people see your mistakes more than anybody else. And you see it all the time in the NFL that a kicker will have one bad game and then they're cut from a team. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, know. it's a very, yeah. very pressurized Yeah, you're position. always two bad games away. That's the, the sad part. You're always two bad games away from being, you know, as you get older, probably more than that. But when you're a young kicker in the NFL, they do not tolerate a lot of bad games. And that's what I loved about it in a sense, because every Sunday mattered, you know, every single kick matters. And I love that pressure of that. Cause it's even during the season, it's, you know, you have to go be at your best every week. And I actually enjoyed that. Uh, I never let, it never lets you get complacent as a player. Yeah. And it's to so the two Super Bowls you win. Let's talk a little bit more about that since it is Super Bowl this Sunday, because what an achievement it is to be part of a team that wins two Super Bowls, to be such an influential figure of it as well. And as well as that, your New York Giants team defeated the New England Patriots on two occasions. And I think even people, if they're not into the NFL, will know the names of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And that was them probably most likely, you know, one of the, the most dominant teams in NFL history, if not the most dominant. So to beat the New England Patriots twice, what sort of achievement is that? It's unbelievable. Um, it's like, uh, you know, in a sense, it's a Celtic Rangers match. that Like it's beating your most hated rival. Like I, we, you know, we had beaten New England uh, in 2011 during the regular season. 
Um, in 2007, they beat us last game of the regular season. And then we meet up, obviously, four weeks later in the Super Bowl in both years. Um, the reason everyone disliked the Patriots is because they're really good, right? You always you, you have this jealousy or hatred towards a team that's really good and successful. And the Patriots were really good and really successful. And Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches uh, of all time. And Tom Brady, my opinion, the greatest football player of all time, American football player of all time. So beating them was, uh, it's just awesome. Like, like it's hard to explain, like, but we, uh, to beat the the most hated team in, in the NFL, 18 and 0 that year in 2007 season, 2008 Super Bowl. Um, man, you can't think there's no better ending, right? That 18 and one shirt that floats around, I think that's one of the coolest shirts you can buy if you're a Giants fan. It says 18 and one, but it has nothing to do with us. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with the Patriots. The Patriots were going, you know, if they beat us and we were, Ryan, we were heavily, we were underdogs, 12 or 13 points, which is rare for anyone to even get close or win that game in the Super Bowl. And we beat them. Obviously, the crazy helmet catch with David Tyree. There's a lot of crazy things that happened that year. And then four years later, we're fortunate enough to be back in the game. And of course, we're playing the Patriots again. It's still Brady. It's still Belichick. That team was not nearly as good as the team we beat in 07. But, uh, you know, we beat them again. Uh, so that was fun. Anytime you can beat the Patriots uh, in a Super Bowl was incredible. And uh, yeah, proud of it. Um, you know, our best team, ironically, though, was the 2008 team. Like we win the Super Bowl in 07. This, this goes to show you this may have happened with Celtic through the years. The best team I've ever been on, though, was the 2018. We were steamrolling everyone. Plaxico en- ended up having his accident where he shot himself through the leg. It's a weird story. Maybe you have to Google it. Um, he was our number one receiver. Uh, that was the best team I've ever been on. We're the number one seed in the playoffs. We didn't win the Super Bowl. So um, it's interesting. That happens, right? We just, both those years we won it, we got hot at the right time. Yeah. And played and I- really well as a team. And I think the the second time you won it was it not with a record of nine seven and yeah it wasn't season, great which is yeah 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 just goes to show you gotta get hot yeah, yeah. you just gotta ha- get hot we had you know I played with a lot of great people um, we had good players and and but man and a good staff but I like I said I I feel so fortunate to have played with just so many good people like like the guys will tell you at Celtic and will tell you when you leave this game the only thing you miss. You don't miss training. You don't miss anything. You miss the money a little bit, but hopefully you've taken care of your money and you have plenty of it, but you miss the guys. Like that's the, that's the one thing that you you will never, ever, ever get back is just hanging out in the locker room, celebrating a big win. Uh, those are the things that I think about all the time. And I can only imagine the celebrations and the party after Winning a Super Bowl, there must be some Scottish whiskey going about then. <laughs> nah, yeah, I've got my yeah, this little Loch Lomond bar. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, incredible. And when you had the chance, when you had those opportunities, you you win the Super Bowls. Then reverting it back to your relationship with Scotland and to Celtic, did that come to the fore even more? Did more people get in touch with you? Did you grow that connection even further? Yeah, you know, I was uh, being in New York helped being in the biggest media market in the world was obviously a positive for me. A little scary when I first left Kansas City to go to New York and I, I show up and there's 50 cameras in front of my face. You know, I'm used to 
when I was playing with the chiefs, there was like five or six little, you know, beat writers and media. And then I go to New York, I quickly realized, wow. I mean, 45 people for me, a little kicker from Kansas city that they traded for, I show up, I felt like messy for like five minutes. People were asking me all these questions and, um, but I had a lot of opportunities there. They have the, um, the St. Andrews club. It's like a Scottish club. It's pretty elite in New York city. Um, it's a lot of big like CEOs and business people that have a Scottish background or heritage. Um, I got to lead the Tartan day parade. So me, 3000 pipers behind me and my kilt with my clan, uh, the Darties. My mom is a Darty D O H E R T Y. Uh, so yeah, I have had so many great opportunities. I've had, um, yeah, playing in New York really helped. Winning Super Bowls helped, um, and then keeping that that connection alive with with Scotland has been it's been really important to me too. Though um, I could have easily brushed off the emails, brushed off the the requests, you know, from the Daily Record and the Daily Mail, and but um, I think it's important because hopefully maybe I inspired uh, some kid. He's probably a, a grown man by now, but um, hopefully I can inspire someone that wants to kick or even just play football because we've talked about it earlier. American football has really grown in popularity in the UK. And then OC is doing some great things down there. And then Mm -hmm. there's like the NFL UK thing with Lamont Winston, who I know very well, who runs that. Um, So we're starting to see some talent, you know, come out of the UK and Europe. Yeah, and uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll have a, a franchise in the UK as well, somewhere in London that's a bit closer to home. <laughs> Lawrence, um, <laughs> it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have the time to talk to you about Scotland and Celtic and American football and Super Bowls and everything. Um, honestly, it's been, it's been so, so good. And I really do hope that, Celtic fans get the chance to listen to this. They they get in touch with you. You, you get, build that connection again even more with Celtic, and hopefully one day we get a chance to see you here at, at Celtic Park. Listen, I would come over anytime. Uh, Got to make sure my boys can be there too because I want them to experience Parkhead Paradise. Like I, they they have to see it. We we do a lot of Google searches. You know, we love to hear all the chants and the, the, the but you, you've got to be there. I told him, I said you have to be there. Like yes, we can watch videos on YouTube and see the fans but um there is nothing like being a celtic fan first of all and just being in that stadium lawrence amazing thank you so much for your time really really appreciate it looking forward to the super bowl on sunday as well i'm, I'm sure you are and uh yeah hopefully we we'll get a chance to see you and speak again soon yeah that, i know i appreciate you having me on and hopefully we can do it again sometime down the road and hopefully i get to see you at, at celtic park 